Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to the 13th edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitball and Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett and Keenan Bonner. The match that we'll be breaking down this week is 2008 Step Brothers against 2012's 21 Jump Street. It's the fucking Catalina Wine Mixer of podcasts. <laughs> How is everyone doing today? <laughs> Very well. Very good. <laughs> As I've just said, call me, by, call me off guard. That <laughs> <laughs> I said it to him two minutes ago. We didn't really seem to acknowledge it. <laughs> it wasn't actually planned until then, and then uh, you know. I've got to say, I, I love how much you've committed to it. <laughs> I, I watching it again. I did get fully into it. I think it would be fair to say that this is one of the most probably anticipated films to break down on the podcast, both from our perspective and once we put the brackets out there this was at least in everyone's final four i think yeah you wanted to avoid it didn't you if you're in that first yeah. round you don't <laughs> want to come up against this one no yeah this is uh unfortunate for 21 jump street but you never know we've had films mm. here where i thought one's better than the other but then the way the judging bracket works out sometimes doesn't True. work like that so that we'll see true. how it goes now what we do have here is, and something as we said would happen as we go through, is we've done Sign of the Times for 2008, 2012. We've actually also done what was out in the cinema during this month, 2008 <laughs> and 2012. So, something we can talk about that uh, we spoke about on Monday's podcast, actually. Keenan, we have had it officially confirmed that you are going for a world record. <laughs> I didn't know this. Brilliant. Yeah. Dropped it on him on the pod. <laughs> Officially confirmed. Um, would you, should we tell people what the world record is? Yeah, I mean, if you haven't been listening on a Monday night, first of all, what's wrong Why with not? you? Second of all, Keenan is attempting to beat the world record for the fastest jam donut eaten with no hands. 11.41 seconds is the record. <laughs> And I'm quietly confident, I've got to admit. Because, I mean, we did speak I'm about this on Monday. Because that's impressive to me. Yeah, they rejected my Philly Fish record attempt because there's apparently no way of having a standard measurement for a Philly Fish. Didn't know there was a standard measurement for a jam donut, but there we go. <laughs> no, I'm not going to lie. It's only got to be witnessed, but I will be buying, a, I will be buying approximately like 18 jam donuts and taking the smallest one. <laughs> well, I think what we'll do is uh, on a Monday without streaming it live we'll do a practice run because we do have several attempts being done Alex is going to attempt to beat the world record for the most grapes eaten inside one minute here's another one <laughs> so there's a couple that we can do uh, Jack wouldn't commit to doing the longest continuous Macarena which was a disappointment <laughs> But when you said that, it had to spend a day on it, I think was when he. Well, I said I'll be doing the football manager one at the same time, so it's not like he's not going to have any company. <laughs> and let me tell you, the football manager one is mental. The guidelines, like, it doesn't look like it's going to be fun. Like I thought, I play football manager. I could, I stay up late. I could quite easily do twenty-four hours. 
the guidelines are insane. They you said you this a couple of times. What's the someone like they want you to have someone else watching you like for the entire time? You need to have someone to start a stopwatch and have that on camera. Then you need to be able to send several DVDs breaking it down like by the portion and like what time it is. And then there you have 20 seconds each time. So I bought a good laptop, literally just for football manager. I probably should have done it for the podcast. And it actually didn't work because I didn't have enough USB slots. But the whole purpose of getting this laptop was to play football manager and have it faster. The issue here is... It makes you feel any better about that. The last three laptops I've bought have been sold for football manager. Yeah. Over the the last 10 years, that's all they've Well, the guideline is that at each point when there is a button to be pressed, you must press it within 20 seconds or the record attempt is done. You're in trouble. You, okay. You'd like letting that run. Well, it's just, I, I, like to have a bit, I like to play it while doing something, which I understand does maybe break it a bit, but hey, come on. And then the fact that you can build up breaks, as much as I would, I'll probably appreciate it when doing it, it somewhat takes it away from me because for every four hours, you get a 10 minute break, which okay. you can take continuously. Okay. Oh, what? Yeah, so, I mean, after four hours, you can take a 40-minute break. That's pathetic. But then you have got a 16-hour continuous shift. So oh, not, yeah, I know. But I mean, just, just in general, that if you're going to have such parameters, then maybe actually making it a marathon would be one, rather than, you know, you can have an 18-minute nap halfway through. You're but saying anyway. how tough it is. It's a lot tougher for whoever would have to witness you do it. That's a tough slog. Well, yeah. I, I thought with like technology today, you know, with technology today, that Twitch, I thought it would be, I need to have a camera on me, the webcam, Twitch streaming what I'm doing on the computer, and then send the feed into them, and I have 24 hours worth of doing that, but apparently that's not good enough, so we'll see how it goes. I haven't actually looked at the guidelines yet for Keenan's Jam Donuts, so that could be interesting in itself. <laughs> they might want raspberry, raspberry jam as it's uh, harder to take down than strawberry and all sorts of little <laughs> guidelines. Doesn't matter. Preferably it'd be a custard donut because they're my favourite. But... It's jam. It's specifically jam, the record. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's a shame. Custard's more viscous than jam, so surely I'd be making it harder for myself. I do, I do prefer a custard donut to a jam donut. I know that's not a very popular opinion. No, and I it's do not, not like the ones where people say it's an unpopular opinion, but in fact, it is like an entirely popular opinion. No, I, I much prefer. <laughs> yeah, I'm, we're in agreement on this one. That's everyone <laughs> so, I'm a big fan of a custard one. I saw a tweet earlier in the week saying uh, unpopular opinion, but I really do think Paige Van Zandt's going to get smashed this weekend. Amanda Rebus is yeah, one to nine yeah, to beat. To... <laughs> Kills me. Last thing then before we get into the films, I know the cinemas are opening back up at the end of the year. Is is that appealing to you? Would that be something that you would kind of go out for? They say they're going to in, instill social distancing measures and things like that, but feels seems weird to me. No, I don't. I don't. Don't think it will be for me for a while. I think a lot of movie producers thought that they were going to have to take advantage of this. Did you see that Invisible Man film and there was a couple of others that 
were due out in the cinema and instead they released it for the price you'd pay for a ticket and you could you could buy it on like your device yeah. or whatever but they were charging as if like two people are watching it part of going to the cinema is going to the cinema I know yes. people can say <laughs> yeah. like, I prefer going for home but I wouldn't pay like 19 quid to watch a film at home I'm a no. grudge paying it for about eight hours of entertainment if you call it that with like a matchroom pay-per-view or something No, so, I agree. I, I do think the, the spectacle. There's, there are certain films. I think we said it on the pod before, but maybe not some of these. But like, there are other films that you want to see in the cinema. Because I'd not... have preferred The Irishman if I could have gone to the cinema to watch it. I think I really like The Irishman. That actually is an unpopular opinion, apparently, because everyone else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that does seem I, to be. Yeah, I haven't I even really finished it. it. Oh, it's great. So maybe I'm wrong. So I don't like it, but. A film like that, I didn't think you'd have to ask me to do it no. twice. Um, for me, usually, a late night wouldn't put me off watching a film, so for that to do it was yeah. something in itself. You must be on Eddie Hearn's payroll if you're eight hours of entertainment for a matchroom show. Christ. I, I said if you can call it that. <laughs> Go and right for the, right for the Facebook get, ones. He's open to get a, pro, a press pass once again, aren't they? <laughs> hey, they'd love to have me at their show, I'm sure. Anyway, Step Brothers. So, synopsis. Two aimless middle-aged losers still living at home are forced against their will to become roommates when their parents marry. One of them where it's a good enough concept and they really do, like, take it and run with it. I imagine the critics are going to be saying a, a one-gag thing, are they? <laughs> I won't spoil it for you, but you, you might be onto something. It's Will Ferrell. It's, it's the one. It, I'm not. There's no way of saying this without sounding like I'm insulting him. But I, I think he's brilliant. But it's just a one-track character dragged out for an hour and a half. The difference is this time he's got John C. Riley as another one-track character dragged out for an hour and a half. <laughs> next to yeah. Crit- critics aren't actually very kind to this. I, I'm not surprised. But that does surprise me because, and I know it's part of the conversation we've had about critics before, but. I've never met anyone that doesn't like the film. And not, not even, I've never met anyone that would simply just say it's good. No, I think that's part of, I think that's maybe the perfect example of what we're talking about with the critics, isn't it? Is what they're looking for is just, it's just not what people are looking for in these films. Again, Most it links back critics. to the, they're looking for quality rather than, you know, just a funny comedy film. Yeah. Most, most serious critics are probably, they're of an age, this might be a bit of a generalization, but, especially 10 years ago where the internet wasn't those 12 years ago now, where the internet, like it, Rotten Tomatoes and stuff probably wasn't as pre- prevalent then as it is now. So critics reviews would have been more print based and a lot of it's going to be older writers that this film just isn't for. Yeah. I remember there, there was a kid that um, we went to school with who had two things that he did outside of school to make money, which I mean, as, as much as he was laughed at at the time, doesn't seem so bad now when you think about doing a paper round or doing whatever. Yeah. But his first one was that he would paint people's Warhammer for them, and he would get paid like decent money to do I it. I bet, bet he did. For what? And, yeah. The, the other thing was that he he would write movie reviews, but he would okay. get paid like fifty quid a time for it or whatever. Was well, like um when Rory was really. In- yeah, yeah, when Rory was at uni, he used to do what he didn't get paid 50 quid, I don't think, but no. he used to do his articles for Betway as well, didn't he? Um, 
for for a while, just as a way of turn, turning over a little bit of extra cash. Yeah, when I wrote for Front, I had three cover stories in a row, and the most I got was thirty quid. <laughs> so to be fair, looking back, this kid probably did exaggerate, but even still, at fifteen years old, not a bad way to make money. I can't get over the Warhammer thing. That's <laughs> that's just bizarre. Yeah, I but... think it's one of them where like. If you're good at it, it's, you know where people, well, we did 40-year-old version of the other week, where people will buy, like, action figures yeah. to uh, yeah, it, then make money I, off it later. Yeah, and yeah. I think I, it's I, like that. I would have just assumed, I, I don't know, if you were the sort to collect that, is paying it and stuff not part of your thing? You would, you would think so. My, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, but Who I mean, knows? some of the figures are so small. Like it's not. You want a bit, so want a bit more artistic on it. Yeah, like, and if you are going to make money off it, surely you need. If you're going to resell it, the paintwork's got to be a decent job. You can't just you can't slap anything on there because it's all based on like the figures are based on an existing character, but people will have an idea of what they look like, so they want it to look close to that. Same like same thing with the action figures. You couldn't just have a knockoff Iron Man that's in a green <laughs> and purple suit and, and then try, try and sell it for a grand. It's got to look like Iron Man. Yeah, no, that's just strange. But anyway, critics reviews. All of these that are positive still feel like backhanded compliments. So, <laughs> um, Step Brothers obviously isn't the most complex screenplay ever written, but Farrell McKay and Riley, who all co-wrote the film, managed to milk plenty of comedy out of essentially a one-joke movie. There you go. First one. <laughs> there we go. Uh, the film doesn't aspire to much. It's happy to milk laughs from creative swearing, goofy, childish behaviour, and hilarious digression that explains exactly why you should never wake a sleepwalker. It does all of this well. Take away the line about waking a sleepwalker, the first three lines of that review. Should we just copy and paste that as the description of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> because that, that's all we're here for. <laughs> um, this ranks as a major disappointment considering the two goofballs portraying the title Step Brothers, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, are usually good for at least a few laughs. Jeez. <laughs> Step Brothers, in sum, adheres to the grand tradition of Apatow Animal House American Pie tastelessness. I tried not to laugh, but gave in to the guilty juvenile pleasures. <laughs> so that's not really a compliment. Uh, though not as cleverly conceived or fully reformed as Talladega Nights or Anchorman, that's bizarre in itself. Yeah. This movie works because Farrell and Riley are completely believable as 13-year-olds stuck in 40-year-old bodies. At what point was Talazega Knights or Anchorman particularly cleverly conceived? He's not, but I mean, in comparison, Talladega Knights is. It, it, I mean, I suppose it's, if it's a scale, it's in the same way that a six is uh, a four is better than a two. Sorry. <laughs> would you, would you not have Anchorman at like the bottom of that list? What in terms of clever concepts? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I don't know, but then at least I guess there's some originality to Talladega Nights and Anchorman in terms of the idea. Whereas oh, yeah, the, the, the Step Brothers is just them being pretending, like being immature, isn't it? Really. But it says fundamentally. Like being cleverly conceived. I mean, I mean yeah, clever, clever is a very loosely used <laughs> I Love Lamp is one of the most popular <laughs> things when you search for Anchorman. <laughs> so, I mean. <laughs> Maybe they, they must just really hate Will Ferrell and particularly hated this film. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> they're just a freak show, an excuse to give us such gags, in inverted commas, as Riley emitting the longest and noisiest fart in screen history and Farrell exposing his scrotum and wiping it all over Riley's drum kit. <laughs> um, this is a 15-minute sketch based on crude humour stretched out to the length of feature film for Farrell fans only. Do you think it is the same with Farrell and Sandler films? Because because I don't. I feel like even the worst Sandler film, a Sandler fan is still going to enjoy. Whereas I think the worst Feral film, even Feral fans are going to be. Like, mm, I'm not sure about that. I like anyway. Will Ferrell. That Sherlock Holmes film is not getting me into the cinema to watch it. <laughs> no, I watched it on Amazon when it came out, and it was awful. If you put Adam Sander as Sherlock Holmes, I'm at least going to see the freak show. I sat through Jack and Jill. Do you know, I've still <laughs> never seen it in its entirety. We reference it every week, and I, yeah. I know it's all. I feel bad commenting because I've never seen it all, but it was that bad I couldn't get through it. I mean, I've placed judgment on The Irishman without finishing it, and you've placed it on Jack and Jill without finishing it. So, uh, so we really know better than the critics. We sit and, sit and mug every week. Yeah. So, so it's popping off in this. Bournemouth game we've just had one bloke knocked unconscious and the other one I think just said he's uh, lost his nuts so there we go if we thought if they thought they had it bad with these reviews it could be worse <laughs> Farrell probably should give Anchorman too serious consideration if he wants to hold on to the fans he still has how does that look in hindsight wow yeah but that, that's not that, that's not the review's fault the review the, the critic is right that was, I mean, Anchorman 2 was just a guaranteed money maker. It was, it's like The Hangover 3. It was just guaranteed to make money no matter what you yeah. do. Because once people have bought the ticket, you don't act, no, no one really cares. No, but I'm saying if something was going to keep hold of Will Ferrell's fans, Anchorman 2 wouldn't have been more than what was going to do. <laughs> it could have been, and it, it really should have been. It's just ended up being fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually reading something about that this week and they were saying essentially it's no different to Anchorman 1. The the difference between the success is that Anchorman at least gave you, even if it was 30 seconds, to make you feel like there was some semblance of a plot going on, whereas Anchorman 2 didn't even try and kid you into that. It was just, here's something we found funny, here's something else we found funny, now let's just give you an hour and a half of that. Yeah, that is that is valid. And then we'll get as many famous people as we can for a fight scene, which did work. <laughs> I think um but the whole oh we we find it like we find it funny here it goes. That goes one of two ways. Because there are some films that we've done where they, they are just look, we like this. We hope you like it too. And it works out works out amazing. And then there are others like Anchorman Two where it's, we thought this was funny. So we put it out and it would just turns out to be a bag of shit. So it, whether there's a plot to it or not, I think it depends more on. It, it depends on what the jokes are. Yeah. Well, there's two reviews left. So, most of all, it's great to see Ferrell beating his addiction to sports comedies following semi pro Blades of Glory and Talladega Nights. <laughs> and you'll have seen a lot of this before, but I won't be a problem for lovers of big comedy and diehard Ferrell fans. So there yeah. You there you go. Don't think it matters that you've seen a lot of it before. I think the concept, just knowing it was them two, was enough to sway you. Apparently, this wasn't big. Like 
it, it was one of them that picked up on DVD. I, I can't really remember because I did see it on DVD. So I don't know if there was fuss about it beforehand or not. I can remember the advert on TV and him being buried. <laughs> but I don't know how like successful it was in terms of like feedback other than those critics' reviews. Oh, we, I... You see it in the cinema. We've probably been oh, just under 15, I imagine. No, I was the same as you. I watched it on yeah, DVD. Yeah, we were 14. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember it being huge at the time. Like some of these songs we discussed, we think this even when you even some of stuff, you remember the feeling around it at the time of being massive. I don't remember that with this film. No, but it is obviously like you said, a sort of a cult figure sort of film. Yeah, I can remember yeah, like right. everyone in my school year watching it around the same time, and that would have been around the DVD time. So I can't. I can remember the same with that with The Hangover as well. But I remember that being huge at both DVD and cinema so it's probably my memory mm. I've got some trivia then that there wasn't too much purely I think because as we said they kind of leave everything in there so there isn't really anything that can be a good story for something you haven't seen <laughs> um, Will Ferrell does his own singing John C. Riley does his own drumming that's, not that's bad. always been one of them that I've never sure like Will Ferrell doing his own singing I've always thought is this have we been finched where the story just sounds good and everyone's picked up with it with both of them I mean John C. Reilly's drum is pretty fucking good as well <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense that these guys can do that uh, the fake testicles that Will Ferrell used were worth around $20,000 and presented to him as a wrapped present <laughs> uh when Brennan and Dale are in their room showing each other their night vision goggles and autographed sword, the camera pans around where the characters are walking and a Hugh Gallows pizza car light is on top of the chest of drawers in the room, which is who uh, Will Ferrell works for in Talladega Nights. Didn't we reference that? Yeah, we did. Mm. That's cool. I just, I, I feel like I've heard that. I've heard you yeah. tell me that before. Uh, despite playing his mother, Mary Steenburgen is only 14 years older than Will Ferrell. That is, even watching it, that breaks me think like she is not enough to be his mother, really. This is too close, I think. Uh, John Hamm and Thomas Lennon both auditioned for the role of Derek. And I know we've heard some bad film names, like preliminary titles in our time. This was shipped to some theatres under the name The Insane Team. What? Oh, just so that, that, that's horrendous. This surely write, writes itself, the fucking title. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I, I can see how other films we've done have sort of stumbled upon their name. This is surely just is what it is. Yeah, I, I, I've no clue. Like, even if you have a backup name, I'm not sure that would be your backup name for it. So it's a strange one. If we go on to uh, the categories, then, as we always do. So, rewatchability. This one here, I mean, I think it's just over an hour and a half. Pretty much bang on, as we say. 90 minutes is what you want to go for for the rewatchability mark. Still there, Keenan? Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's yeah. Okay, gone. 
No, um, it's, it's lagging a bit, so just get that oh, sorted. Do you want me to um, keep, keep going? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, rewatchability-wise, this is perfect. I'd say it's, this is close to perfection. Time-wise, it's really good. Obviously, as we always say, always looking for 90-minute runtime. But there's no... don't know whether it's because there's a lack of... There is a lack of plot or whatever it might be. But this it just sort of moves seamlessly from scene to scene, joke to joke. I don't think there's ever... Can you really give me a 10-minute spell in this film where you're not laughing at least twice? No, I definitely agree. It seems like a conscious decision they've made in that even as we've just referenced with um, Anchorman, the kind of piecing together scenes, so even things like being in the car on the way to moving into the new house, yeah. even that, they squeeze in like five or six punchlines and then things like uh, them saying they're going to get a divorce, they squeeze a punchline in there. Them saying that you're going to have to get jobs, they squeeze it in there. So yeah, there even isn't though, ever even a connector. No, it's just random. It, it's all... I don't want to say random because I think that's the wrong word, but it's all, it's, it's put together. But like I said, there's no... I don't think there is... There's not more than 10 minutes here. Maybe even less, six or seven without... I was going to say, I think, I think even 10 to stretch. Yeah. So it is it. risky doing that because it's like... A, you, you see it in wrestling and sometimes... I think they do it in the in UFC as well, sorry. So usually if you have like a guaranteed barn burner, so say you have... A, I don't know. 32-man ladder match. You would usually, back in the day, have had a women's match straight after it because you try to tone it down so people can kind of catch their breath, ready to rev up again. Yeah. And if you are having, like, one laugh after the other, you can burn out the audience in that you're constantly thinking, well, that's not as funny as that just was. Yeah. Or you can just get a bit bored of just that one after the other with no real like emotional connection. No, or no real story. I mean, the way they, for me personally, the way they achieve it in this film is just keeping, making sure the, the punchlines are just, it's just banger after banger. And it's just, yeah. like, it's, we'll come on to it. I imagine we'll come on to it when we do moments and quotes. But this, this really, if you're ever going to do, mate, if you're ever going to make a comedy that doesn't have a plot and you just want it to be quick, easy laughs, this I should be. This would be your template. This is what think, this is what you're living up to. I think you've got to give them props for this because you would imagine there was. I think I think I saw it referenced elsewhere before that they had about two more films worth of footage. Yeah, and so there's probably things in there where one of them at least has thought I really want that to be in there, and they've had to take someone's word for it, saying no, come on. This is perfect as it is. Yeah. Do, do, They've had the discipline. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, would, I don't think we'll ever know the answer, but I wonder who. I wonder if it was Adam McKay or Will Ferrell who our final say. Obviously, you'd imagine it'd be Adam McKay, but at the I same think, time... I think Adam McKay, and maybe that's why Ferrell that... has gone with him so often, because sometimes you do need someone there that you're going to trust their opinion. Like you see in, say, like a martial arts film where it's not until someone kind of, or like a mafia film where they have a go back at the person in charge to get get their respect. And maybe it is that he needs someone there to give him that pushback. That He's the handbrake. 
I think he does need that because you can imagine he's like an ADHD kid going like mental with all his ideas (laughs) and just (laughs) going off the hook. So we've done three of his films. This is the third. In each one of them, they reckon they've got enough footage to shoot another film. So if that doesn't tell you something about the way he likes to work, yeah, then then nothing. That is true. It's it's obvious. He likes. He obviously is very good at it. Likes to improv. Likes to get as many footages and different lines and reactions. As you as you can, um, and then just just like you say, you sometimes I imagine you do need. I think without Adam McKay, this might be this might have been an awful film because if he is the controlling aspect, this could have just been rambles of just fucking nonsense for an hour and a half. Yeah, this is it. As much as we say this about these films, there is some form of contained structure that does keep it all together. Because as much as we like, we've said like essentially like a group of skits thrown into you know an hour and a half long film, there are plenty of instances where something like that would just be absolute car crash. Well, there's it's a lot very... of time. Sorry, man. There's a lot of times you see a lot of TV shows try and do it, don't they? They want. To, yeah. There'll be talks of, well, we want to do a feature film, and it might not work, or it doesn't quite get off the ground because they can't they can't get the writing right. And there is evidence that. It can go wrong just putting like self-contained things all to uh, what should be self-contained altogether. Mm. Often yeah. with some of these sequels we see that then don't go yeah. out, like Anchorman Two, you think it's a fine balance. They were striking when they got it right compared to when they got it wrong. Yeah, I think Zoolander Two should be thankful that Anchorman Two exists. <laughs> I don't think because I've ever seen it's one of them where it takes the pressure off because that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't like I didn't like Zoolander, which is why I didn't want it in I didn't want it in the bracket um, at, at the start. So I've never bothered to watch the second one because it's it really bad. It it is because you're going in expecting a stupid film, and then it's like this this is even more stupid. Like my only real gripe with Step Brothers, and I think every time I watch it, I was going to save this for after. But the scene in which uh, they crash the boat. And they go back to the house and Brennan is arguing. I get them mixed up. Will Ferrell is arguing with the dad, basically. Yeah. And he charges down the stairs like he's going to hit him. And then instead they put him over his knee. Yeah. And that could have been just as funny if he'd punched him, if he'd slapped him or whatever. Because all of it before is stupid, but it's stupid to the point like this could in some crazy situation happen and it's like that was just never going to happen that's your line well it, it just kind of for me it would have been just as funny for them to have and we've seen with other films that we've done here a good a standard fight scene works just as well and can be just as funny oh I would have get funny it's always funny yeah. or you yeah. do or you do something like they do in this like they do in a lot of the films where I think you do something over the top and like if it I mean, Flies down the stairs. Well, as they say, when they're fighting, he goes through the drywall. And yeah, stuff. like you can do, you can do it. Well, with a little fat kid punching, but not the dad, not, not, the, <laughs> not the dad who he's just smashed his yacht. Yeah, he's got that. He's been saving to retire on and sail around the world with his new wife. And this is the dream. This is everything. I'm not being funny. I that I, I wouldn't be spanking if it was my stepson. No matter what age, <laughs> he wouldn't be getting spanked. He'd be getting. I'd be trying to put his head through windows. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you're probably quite lucky if you just search Step Brothers in and it's only the film that comes up here, the climate we're in today, as we spoke about in the JB interview. But <laughs> yeah. 
if if we go on to the quotes, because there are a lot of them. And you, right from the start, you have, uh, you can say this weapon is horseshit and just sets the tone entirely for the whole film. <laughs> Even before that, when they, like the opening scene where they meet and he's talking and he's just giving his speech about the new hearing aid and, he's just like, and then he just mumbles, I want to get my head in between those breasts. That's <laughs> like, what? Um, <laughs> that's like, no, no, it's going now. I mean, we referenced it at the start of the fucking Catalina wine mixer. Um, there was there was one I had which even as someone that doesn't like meat on the bone, but when he says, Dad, did you leave me money for pizza? Which is <laughs> I guess their way of saying these guys are incredibly immature and you see how old they are and this gets out early. <laughs> Do not order pay per view, buddy. There's twenty there's twenty dollars on the whole table. It's like, but what if I what if I want wings? He says you don't you, he goes, you don't need wings. It's not enough. <laughs> Um, I, always, I always like and it makes me laugh every time um, what, what school did he go to he's like I went to can't remember what it is but he goes in and uh, John John Hopkins and he says I used to smoke pot with Johnny Hopkins <laughs> yeah goes, you don't know anyone called Johnny Hopkins it was Johnny Hopkins and Sloan Kettering and they were blazing that shit every day apparently um, that Johnny Hopkins is someone he went to school with and Sloan Kettering is the name of a hospital nearby where they were filming yeah. So um, they just—I assume then that was like an improv thing. Yeah, in the same uh, in the same scene in the same car ride, uh, you've got—I'm not going to call him Dad. Brendan Brennan is 39 <laughs> years old. I don't expect you to call him Dad. I'm not going to ever, even if there's a fire. And one of, <laughs> one, one of the one of the absolute top tier ones from this song, Robert Van not get in my face. Disaster, <laughs> that <dead> motherfucker. <laughs> Oh, we've spoken about quotable films and quotable in the sense that if you just mention the films in passing then they're going to get reeled off but this film in particular has quotes that just got brought into just everyday life where there are some that got brought into like the actual like, gen- genuinely just came into the le- lexicon yeah. <laughs> yeah it becomes like the vernacular doesn't it like curly headed yeah. fuck is just yeah yeah <laughs> Anyone with even slightly curly hair is a curly-headed fuck, man. This house sucks ass. Well, the only reason you're living here is because me and my dad decided that your mom was really hot and maybe we should just both bang her. And we'll put up with the retard in the meantime. Who's the retard? You. But y'all don't say that. Shut up. Wake up my dad and get me grounded. Just shut up. You and your mom are hillbillies. This is a house of learned doctors. You're not a doctor. You're a big, fat, curly-headed fuck. Yeah, when I first started working with Kieran, who's been on the podcast before, that was rolling off the tongue like it was going out <laughs> of fashion. And that was one I didn't even own very well. <laughs> Why are you so sweaty? I was watching Cops was another one, and we don't even have Cops on TV over here. I used to get that on Oh, I can't say I've spent much time on Bravo. Be on Dave these days, wouldn't it? Yeah, you'd be on Dave. Police interceptors and all that sort of shit. Him saying, uh, suppose Nancy sees me coming out of the shower and decides to come on to me. And this is good. Got a luscious V of hair going from my chest pube down to my ball throat. That's another one that got picked up. Yeah. 
takes one look at me and goes, oh my God, I've had the old bull, now I want the young calf. And that was another <laughs> one. <laughs> Rather than a wiener. Glad that was never a thing over here, wiener. Yeah, no, I don't feel particularly like it. Um, this is, there's like some random ones I've picked up, like, uh, hey Derek, reckon you dick. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a bit that, I don't know what, it's not even that funny in comparison, but it always makes me laugh. When she's, when he talks about selling the house, he's like, oh, I've got my real estate license a couple of years ago just for shit and gigs. Well, I gotta make more money. Uh, okay, well, look, I hear you, believe me, but what if I were to tell you that I could sell this house for 30% above market right now? That'd be, that'd be great. Could, yeah. Could you do it? In a heartbeat, Robbie. Look, I got my real estate license a few years back for shits and gigs. You know what? I'd even do it for four-fifths commish, because, you know what really gets my dick hard? Helping out my friends. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then he just goes, you know what really gets my dick hard? <laughs> Helping my friends. And he's, that, like having, he's having a face-to-face conversation with his mum. <laughs> that is one of my favourite movies in the film. Yeah. Derek character is, is so good for what he I is. I think he might actually be the funniest in the film if you go on like a, a line-to-laugh ratio because everything yeah. he says... Is is gold? Him when he's trying to sell the house and he's saying, uh, "So you got a really dope front lawn here. You and your homeboys can play on that." He <laughs> <laughs> says, uh, "She says we we're so so uh, sad you guys couldn't come to the wedding." The dad says, "We completely understand. You're busy fishing with uh, Mark Cuban." <laughs> he's like, "Right, yeah, yeah. Well, not just the Cubes, but uh, Chris Dowdry, Jeff Probe, Super Chef Bobby Flay. I mean, it was insane. It was almost too much." <laughs> when uh Derek but I mean all of them when he says uh at the table when he gets interrupted by uh Dale and he said listen gang don't be mad at Dale for ruining the story and uh, possibly the entire night <laughs> um, my favorite of all of them was uh him when he's in the triacs and he says you see these you see these boys this is what I live with every day I love it up my keels in the shower Wow. You guys, I really like your guys' setup up here. What is your problem, man? My problem? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't have a problem, uh, Dale. Actually, I have the opposite of a problem. I made over 550k last year. How much did you make? It's not about money. No, it's not about money. Well, for me, it's a little bit about money, and I made that much money last year. I am the VP of the biggest executive helicopter leasing company on the western seaboard. Okay? I haven't had a carb since 2004. Check these out. See these? See these boys? This is what I live with every day. I lather this up with keels in the shower. You want to touch this shit? No. You want to touch these bad boys? Sorry, not going to happen. <laughs> I've been on a carb since 04. <laughs> uh, also, in that, when he's in the tree up, when he falls out and he's like, oh, Derek, you know what's good for shoulder pain? He's like, what? He's like, <laughs> well, even so, just because so we were talking about Joel McHale and like, I was gonna say well, as, as I said, who play the best assholes in Hollywood, but him, him doing the, you know, I have the opposite of a problem. I made such and such last year, and you can envisage these people because, yeah. I mean, me and TK are probably gonna think about the same person. Everyone knows someone who doesn't stop talking about how much they earn. Yeah, I and yeah. <laughs> it I is awful. Exactly. I know exactly who my, my person would be. So that that's that's the beauty that in the whole film and how ridiculous it is, 
and it's what made the in-betweeners so successful is they never go too far that you can't relate to it in the slightest yeah there's always something there isn't it even yeah. in the most ridiculous sort of nature of it and that person is sort of as you said i, I tend to agree that i think he per sort of pro rata is one of the funniest parts of the film but he is completely oblivious of the fact that he's obviously funny like he the character completely <laughs> means these things that he's saying but it just adds into it it's just a nice way it, it's like it, it just it's almost a balance on it like you've got you like he's funny because he's played because it's played with a straight bat like yeah. it might be yeah. ridiculous but there's no he doesn't overemphasize or overact everything or overact to to an extreme like the singing the singing bit and stuff it is ridiculous but it's done within within the context of the person you can see it yeah, um, yeah, so yeah, exactly. It's all played sort of straight back. Um, terms, terms of quotes as well. Um, today I saw my own because I love this one and I love the scene. Today I saw my own son use a bicycle as a weapon. You were yelling rape, um, <laughs> and he said, "I really, really did think he was going to rape me at one point." He got this crazy look in his eyes and said, "Let's get it on." <laughs> and he goes, "Then the response is my favourite." I mean, I'm, I meant let's fight. I am so not a raper. <laughs> I mean, we've had maybe a link between the films each week, and we have got a Rob Riggle derby this week. Mm. And we do. Like, he doesn't. I didn't know his name until Keenan brought it up, and it is a I great think, name. I think he gets disrespected somewhat. Because look at he's in one, two, three, four, maybe of the films we do on the on the pot on the pod. Yeah, he's, he's brilliant. Definitely, he's definitely in three. In the Hangover, he's in this. He's in, 21 Jump Street. Um, I think he's in one more as well, because when we spoke about him before. Um, but just as a character actor, he's phenomenal. Like him, there's a there's like almost a group of them in there. Him, David Kochner. Um, yeah. The guy who's in Hospital Time Machine, whose name I can't remember, the bold one, he's in Ballers. Yeah, uh, he's in um, Harold and Kumar too as well. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you know, just like as a character actor, someone you know who's going to give you if you give him the material, he's going to give you a performance every time. Yeah. Like, I think it might not have the charisma or whatever to, to become a, a starring thing, a starring like, actor, but Rob Riggle, every time I see him, if he pops into a scene, I know I'm going to laugh. Well, him just doing the, the pow in this, <laughs> and um, when Derek says, I have to sell or lease at least 80 helicopters to make my nut. I have to sell or lease at least 80 choppers to make my nut, and you... You mess with my nut, Brennan? Randy here is going to eat your dick. Like Kobayashi. <laughs> I've seen him do it. You've actually seen him eat a man's penis? It was in international waters, so they couldn't prosecute him, but I saw it. You mess with my nut, Brennan. Randy is going to eat your dick. <laughs> like Kobayashi. No, 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 no. I've seen him do it. <laughs> You've actually seen him eat a man's penis. <laughs> it was in international waters, so they couldn't prosecute. But I saw it. <laughs> um, there's actually there's a deleted scene of that, which I think is actually <laughs> in the credits, where <laughs> he has a heart attack in the middle of that scene. <laughs> Comes back to and they said, no, "No, you really should get help." <laughs> do, do you think John Hamm could have done the role of? Derek? No. Uh, I I don't know. Because this is, I don't, is this pre or post Madman? He plays a bit of it. He plays a dick in Don Draper. So maybe he, he can do it. But he, he doesn't look like uh, 
big brother to me. Like, even if he's cast in that role, he doesn't... Actually, he's younger brother, isn't he, in, in this yeah. one? So. I think he, he might verge on the territory that Keane said, whereas you go too straight or too sort of laughable. I think he might end up too straight in there. Talking of younger brothers, just because we've not mentioned it yet, in terms of quotes that enter the lexicon, Derek has a man giant... Uh, sorry, Dale has yeah. a man giant. Why don't they try getting that going again at the Carolina Wine Mix? <laughs> Sorry, Brendan's Brent, got a man joining it. The whole well, they do show. say Dale at the end when he's yeah. doing that. But in, when he's singing it and he's, she's telling the story and she has to be like, and I have to admit, I even joined in at one point. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I, I quite, it's Adam Scott, isn't it? Is the guy's name he plays? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I quite like him. I think he does, he just, he does play an arsehole well. Yeah, he's perfect. Yeah. Was I remember my first beer? Was that a thing before this or not? Good point. Because it was definitely a thing afterwards. <laughs> it was. If you say that about someone between the ages, well, even now, you're guaranteed at least a snigger from someone. Yeah, a little smirk yeah. at someone at least. Even at a and funeral, all it takes you get a smirk there. is literally someone having a pint and laughing. <laughs> yeah. and you chuck that out there and people oh no he, he actually is a bit <laughs> this guy's smashed <laughs> Brennan when he, he has a go at uh, Robert when he's saying two things you keep your liver spotted hands off my beautiful mama she's a saint and you sit down and you write Dale and Brennan a check for $10,000 or I'm going to shove one of these fake hearing devices so far up your ass you can hear the sound of your small intestines and produce shit <laughs> One or the other. I mean, we've already said sort of currently had it fucked, but the whole the whole speech is amazing. All the whole little exchange. Uh, you and your mum are hillbillies. This is a house of learned <laughs> doctors. You're you're not a learned doctor. You're a curly headed fuck. Uh, I'm a curly headed fuck. Yeah. Well, the only reason we, the only reason we we thought you could keep your mum around is so we can both bang her. Uh, <laughs> with, the, with the retard in the meantime, who's the retard? You. And then another one that became quite famous is y'all don't say that. <laughs> um, oh, just uh, we're gonna have so much room for acti- so much more room for activity. So much room for activities. I've reeled off so many times. Yeah, it was so huge. We did it. We did it. It looked amazing. Look at that. That looks like what you would buy from a store. Should have been. Look at all this more space. So we much aerobics in here. So many activities. Do step class. It's making my head spin. How many activities we can do? Play army man. Yeah. This is how we do it. Da, 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 da. Hey, I never asked you. Yeah. You like guacamole? I used to share a room with my brother, and we had bunk beds, and so that was then coming out then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I pre pre this film, I did at one point as well. Um, boats and hose as well, just as yeah. obvious ones whilst we're there. I think. Can anyone do the wrap off the top of their head? I could, but I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, em- embarrassingly, I think I can as well. I've got it on my Spotify. Do you actually? Yeah. That's awful. Well, <laughs> you say this. Well, you sent me a screenshot of your Spotify the other day. I yeah. had the Divock Origi song on there. <laughs> it's phenomenal. They've got this album's called Boss Night for any Liverpool fans who happen to listen. Unbelievable. Say that like Boats and Hoes, isn't I will get on to scenes in particular, but the whole uh, pan or pam scenario, 
kill me yeah. and Seth Rogen tasting the fart. Is that ketchup? <laughs> Bingo. The, this house is a fucking prison on planet bullshit. <laughs> In the galaxy of this sucks camel dicks. My mum is being eaten by a dog and there's nothing I can do. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, his mum says, uh, uh, Brennan, your therapist called earlier. She says she's not your girlfriend, she's your therapist. And him just saying, is that what she said? She's a rascal. <laughs> <laughs> that is a genius line. <laughs> it's just uh, his face, his face says it so perfectly as well. Like, <laughs> she plays she, quite she, a good turn in this as well. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I'd forgotten about her to be honest until I rewatched it. Like completely, like outside of six characters, seven characters, there's only about ten in it. But she's one of the ones that is forgotten. Um, but talking of sort of side characters, Alice, Derek's wife, which says, uh, "I'm going to masturbate this evening to to the thought of you punching my husband in the face." Just <laughs> <laughs> I want to roll you up in a ball and put you in my vagina. <laughs> I think we do have a couple of contenders for um, the Leslie Mount Hall of Fame today. She wouldn't be one of them, by the way. Like, there is nothing about her that I find appealing at all. Wow. But. Okay. Denise. Denise, the therapist. I don't know if she's too high up to be in there or not. I'll leave that for you, sir. I think she might be too good. I mean, my other suggestion is the teacher in 21 Jump Street, so I don't know if they're even keel or if one's better than the other or not. I think the therapist in this is better than the teacher. I think we'll have at least one entrance today. Okay. We've been uh, neglecting it for the Rex Ryan Hall of Fame. Yeah. Does (laughs) Seth Rogen here get in the Rex Rex Ryan Ryan Hall of Fame? I like that. I think you can make the case, yeah. He's a big star at this point, and I mean, he is in it for literally a minute, so he's probably perfect. I mean, in terms of quotes, I'm not sure. I've, I've got, I've got a lot more. <laughs> Go on, if you want it. Uh, Roll him out. So when he goes to therapy, so, uh, and he says, uh, "I'll skip the make it a bit short," but it usually starts by you telling me a little something about myself. I work at a, coll- as a, a college as a janitor, even though I feel like I'm smarter than most of the people who go there. Sometimes I see an equation written on a blackboard, like half an equation, and I just figure it out. Uh, is this Goodwill hunting? No. <laughs> Sounds a lot like Goodwill hunting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, I mean, my best friend is Ben Affleck. Um, just to talk to them when they're growing up, what am I, like, what do I do if there's inclement weather? Uh, <laughs> Robert just shouting, your jagaloos, your failures, yeah. failures. <laughs> he says, hey, you're embarrassing yourself, you geriatric fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I know we've had the second half of that, but him screaming Jagaloons is up is absolute world. Oh, actually, uh, <laughs> I have a belly full of white dog crap in me, and he laid his shit on me. Oh, oh um, I can't believe we missed it. We might have this this the same one here. Okay, Dad, we're men. That no. means a few things. We like to shit with a door open. We talk about <laughs> pussy. We go on riverboat gambling trips, and we make our own beef jerky. That's what we do. And now that is all wrecked. <laughs> and him just being like we've never done that <laughs> I actually missed a whole page of my quotes which is probably why I didn't think I had, had as many Dame Cook pay-per-view 20 minutes is <laughs> yeah. my favourite Alice 
Honey, come on. Dane Cook, pay-per-view, 20 minutes. Let's go. Coming, honey. I'm just talking to Dale. Oh, no, I can't believe you've taken you that long to get out. I think you've texted me. No, nor can I. I thought that was, I guess, I was surprised. Four times in the last week. <laughs> um, we're here to fuck shit up, just as they, the yeah. interview scene starts. That's incredible. You have yeah, the voice that. of an angel. Your voice is like a combination of Fergie and Jesus. <laughs> even just <laughs> when he's like, I can't even make eye contact with you now. Um, <laughs> we've spoken about Denise... Uh, I've skip. I've wrote it all down, but I'll skip it uh, to the point where he goes. It's more than comfortability. I mean, I fucking love you. Okay, I think. I mean, I'm just thinking about our life together. I feel like I'm walking on a clown. Uh, my penis <laughs> is tingling right now. That is so off-putting. So you're not feeling this in no way, shape, or form. Do I have any feelings of intimacy towards you in any way whatsoever? <laughs> it's such an amazing. It's just such an amazing rejection. The whole um, like interview scene him doing the um, fuck marry kill question is <laughs> sensational in itself so I'll, I'll open the question to the two of you uh brennan's mum the therapist and derek's wife uh derek's wife's dad sorry i banged brennan's mum and i married a therapist can be nurtured by uh brennan's mum you gotta think about that yeah can be nurtured by the therapist <laughs> I think I think Brandon's mum will look after you. I think the therapist could be cold. Yeah. Psychoanalyzing and everything. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Fire. <laughs> Plus, nice leather couch. Exactly. We've Negative. Not, not good in summer. Uh, was, Sweaty. Was, we've all seen casting couch. We know what goes on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what you mean. <laughs> moving swiftly onwards um, anyone who doesn't know that listening give yourself a little google <laughs> just not at work or in the company <laughs> you're going to google it you might as well give them a disclaimer um, when they come go on sorry I was going to say I know you touched my drumstick because the left one has a chip in it you fucking, <laughs> you fucking crazy man you sound insane hey did you touch my drumstick hey knock it off I know you touched my drumstick because the left one has a chip in it Fucking crazy, man. You sound insane. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. Fuck you, Brennan. I know you touched my drum set, and I want to hear that dirty little mouth admit it. You get out of my face, or I'm going to roundhouse your ass. You swear on your mom's life that you didn't touch it then. I don't have to swear to shit. That's because you fucking touched my drum set, because I know cops doesn't start till four. Do you realize that you should be medicated? <laughs> Fuck you, Brennan. <laughs> Sorry. I love it so much. Fuck you, Brennan. I know you touch my drum set. I want to hear that, want to hear that dirty little mouth of me. <laughs> 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 Every time. <laughs> Another one we said, like, uh, I remember my first beer. That's so funny. The first time I heard that, uh, I fell off my dinosaur. Is another one in itself. But continued. Also, Bournemouth have just scored an 89th minute goal against Spurs. Jesus. Yeah. I did both teams to score, so that's annoying. They had one ruled out a second ago as well. They best not rule this one out. Oh, it's a bicey. Oh, no, it's not. It looks like it's a handball. Yeah, I think that's going to be ruled out. That's definitely being ruled out. He's literally punched it into the net. <laughs> Damn shame. Um, oh, when they come back to them being beat out by kids, he says... 
You know that one scene in The Wizard of Oz where the flying monkeys pull apart the scarecrow? That's what it was like. <laughs> uh, when they're both, when they're both uh, sort of waking up and they they say the last line from their dreams, and one is "I'll kill you, Leonard, Leonard Nimoy." And the, other is, <laughs> the clown has no penis. <laughs> uh, you know what? I still hate you, but you got a pretty awesome collection of nudie mags. <laughs> yeah, I got I got them from the seventies, eighties, and nineties. It's like masturbating in a time machine. <laughs> The, the whole Randy Jackson thing cracks me up every time as well. <laughs> Why do you have Randy Jackson's autograph on a martial arts weapon? Because uh, I bumped into him and it's all I had on me was his saddle. <laughs> and you're not, not going to get Randy Jackson's autograph. Right? And he just looks at him and he's like, yeah, I would have done the exact same thing. <laughs> the whole back and forth on uh, where they say things at the same time. John Stamos <laughs> coming yeah. out. Uh, what was it? The magazine, I forgot what the magazine is. Good housekeeping. Yeah. <laughs> should, we, we, should we go on to best scene? Did we just become best friends was another quote. That yeah. Huge. Yeah. Shall we move and on? And just after the film came out, Hines actually um, released MailChup, which obviously is the same as Fancy Source, but claimed it had nothing to do with the film. So there you go. Sly bastards. I always thought that was what Thousand Island Sauce was anyway. It's quite similar. I mean, it's pretty. Burger sauce isn't a million miles away. Burger sauce hey. is just that with mustard and um, pickles. It's, really. it's not just that. Oh, then we're in the magic form. I bought, some, uh, I bought some burger sauce the other day from a, like, a place. Legendary. Mine, that's, that's all they do is sauces. Jeez, it's so good. I think, we is it quite literally called the sauce shop? It is, yeah. Yeah, well, um, my mum got my brothers some stuff from there for Christmas after I saw it on Facebook. Yeah, it's there phenomenal, mate. Honestly, I don't. I we'll, don't get our, we'll get our, we'll get cash bonus come through uh, shortly. Is, I hope. is there a way of link trying to link them up and get them sponsoring this pod so I can get free sauce? Uh, <laughs> their buffalo hot sauce. Jeez, it's good. If you don't get enough sauce from me and TK. <laughs> <laughs> Best moment in scene. So. I think there's a couple of huge contenders here. You've got the singing in the car. Yeah. The interview scene. Yeah. Um, probably the whole, um, did we just become best friends? Yeah. Uh, the fight scene. Yeah. With the fucking golf club and uh, with, with the driver and the bike. Even um, the other fight scene where he's burying him and he's just waking <laughs> the neighbours. <laughs> um, yeah, just before that whole... Like, I've got some of it written down for, for for quotes and stuff where he says, you know what your problem is, you live in a fantasy sound, you refuse to get a job, and you don't know what it's like to work something. Um, he says, you don't take responsibility for your actions, it's all your fault. You're a mama's boy, has two chickens to sing in public, and it, it basically <laughs> culminates with him just banging him around the head with a cymbal. It's unreal. What, what, would, what would be your pick for best moment or scene? I'll let TK go first, because I've got to make a decision. I think Maybe the most, one of the most laugh out loud thing is literally just the bunk bed collapsing on them. It does kill me. I, I have to admit, I know it's sort of physical comedy again, not want to sound pretentious, but that does kill me, even though you know it's happening. Um, but I, I would give the nod to the interview scene. I do think that's just a great scene from What's start to finish. Keenan or Rory that messaged me the other day said no power tools. Maybe it's Rory. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> um, 
the, the, I do really like the scene where they tell him it's a divorce and die. It's our fault. And she's, no, no, no. Please, I just want to make it clear this is 100% your fault. <laughs> well, Derek says, uh, of course, of course it's their fault. You're living with literally the two biggest retards in the, in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and looks around the table giving it the thing we always say about like Tim in the office like is anyone else seeing this <laughs> the way he looks around and that's when the wife says uh, she like she starts crying as well <laughs> he looks so confused by her calling him baby <laughs> I think um, I'll go for the singing in, in the car okay I'm going to save it with the solo bow bow I'm dead and I can sing which is very close to the interview scene but so i've got the interview scene the the bullying scene in the park where where, with the um, when they go back with the fight i think that's like the end credit where they land and uh yeah they just just beat the shit out of the kids that killed me i'm gonna i'm gonna go for the fight scene i like this i like the soundtrack that plays in it and it's just brilliant even oh, the phone call to even the phone call to Robert, which is I can't yes. get him to stop that acting <laughs> like animals. Uh, best side character, are we unanimous for Derek? So I've got Derek and Randy as my two options. I won't argue either, but I, again, like I said earlier, Rob Riggle just he does a lot for me. He guarantees you. He is great, but I yeah. can't. I, I feel it's. As close as a side character look to Seth Green in uh, Sex Drive as we're getting. Big words you saying, man. You take that back. He's not <laughs> he ain't on that level. I think I think Derek is on that level. Incorrect. I'll give you Derek. I'll concede and give you Derek as long as you stop making brutal. <laughs> you, you don't need to agree anyway, but Derek, no. I, I do think is 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 on that level. I'll give you Derek. TK? Sorry, yeah, I was going with Derek yeah. as well. He's, he's just a bit more prominent in the film than Randy as well, I think. Yeah. Well, the other ones we'll save to when we get back through. But if we go on to 21 Jump Street then. So if you listen carefully, you might get a bit of Sean in this podcast because he's currently in the shower singing. Oh, I can hear something, but I don't know what it is. This is a, a mere couple of metres away from me, this as well. That probably is what it is. He's doing his bit, isn't he? So anyway, 21 Jump Street, a pair of underachieving cops are sent to a local high school to blend in and bring down a synthetic drug ring. Critics' reviews, then. Despite all the coy formula flipping and compulsive jokes, what wins us over is the odd chemistry of the two leads. A surprisingly strong film with a solid balance of humour and heart actually making us feel for unidentified with the characters rather than just go through the usual paces of an R-rated comedy. All in all, this is not the atrocity it could have been. Hell of a compliment there. And offers plenty of laughs to followers of the original and the uninitiated. A lot smarter and a lot funnier than it has any real right to be. Given the broad drama of the series, their movie should be full of big ideas and instead settles for redundant gags involving drugs, guns and high school cliques. 21 Jump Street takes the basic concept of the original series and uses it to create an action comedy that is not only palatable to modern audiences, but appealing as well. 
Uh, yes, some of the movie's funny bits were in the trailer. After all, they were trying to get you to buy a ticket. But this is one of the rare comedies that delivers even more than promised. I'm glad he's pointed that out because a lot of times people do complain that there's a funny bit in the, that they saw in the trailer. As long as not every funny bit's in the trailer, then, as he says, it is doing the job. Yeah, it's got some of it in there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, and finally, the humour may be coarse and crude, but it is funny. And with these movies, that's all what, that's all that counts. Valid. On to the trivia then. Channing Tatum passed on the movie twice before Jonah Hill convinced him to take the role. He essentially said to him, because I've seen an interview on this before, that women like him at this point, but men are going to see his name on a poster and instantly just associate it with nothing but girls' films. If he does this, then he can branch across and do both. And obviously it paid off really well because he then goes on to do far more from this film. Yeah, you're not wrong. Jonah Hill lost over £40 for his role as him and Channing Tatum were required to do several physically demanding stunts. <laughs> Originally, the drama teacher talked about doing cocaine with Whitney Houston's niece. But after Whitney died, the line was changed to doing cocaine with Willie Nelson's horse. Probably for the best. <laughs> uh, when Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill exit the limo and enter the prom... Uh, the two guys dressed as ushers standing on both sides are actually their stand-ins during the movie. So and That's nice for them. I saw that trivia before seeing it. They've been harsh on Jonah Hill with the stand-in. If you go back and have a look, they've been very <laughs> harsh. Every time I focus on the dogs flying out of the car, it makes me laugh. The bloke that is Jonah Hill in this scene looks like he could have... Uh, been a stand-in also for Gimli in Lord of the Rings. Oh, Jesus. So, that should give you some idea. <laughs> uh, when Schmidt and Jenko go undercover as brothers, their last name is McQuaid. In the original 21 Jump Street, Hanson and Pennell would frequently go undercover as the McQuaid brothers. Emma Stone was considered for the lead female role, but had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts with The Amazing Spider-Man. At one point, Dave Franco's character says he does not trust Channing Tatum's character because he looks like he's 40 years old. In reality, Tatum is only five years older than Franco. Only five years? Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence also auditioned for the film. And finally, when Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum come across the biker gang in the park, one of the bikers says, if you guys are cops, then I'm a DEA agent. The character is later revealed to be a DEA agent. <laughs> that is the trivia. How how did you feel watching this? Was it as good as you remembered? Was it worse than you remembered? Was it any kind of overriding thoughts? So I I in I thought it had aged well. It hadn't aged well in my memory. I think that's why the, I think my expectations had been relatively low. And then by the end of this, I thought it's probably unlucky it's coming up against Stepbrothers this week because <laughs> I did really enjoy it. Yeah. What did you think about the length of it? And oh yeah, yeah. A little bit on the wrong it's side again. Over, it's only just over an hour and a half. But once you knock out the credits, yeah, it's yeah, one forty-seven. I, I think I didn't That's... feel like I was struggling through it. No. Well, I said to you right at the start before 
You want a bit quiet there, there Keenan. I don't know oh, if uh, the mic slipped or something. Um, I thought it was a lot more quotable than I than I remember. Um, I, I really I really enjoyed it. I was like see Keenan. I was expecting it to be right. Let's get it done for the sake of the pod. So then I settled in and, and watched it, and I, I I had quite a lot of fun. You usually watch them back to back, don't you? Does that affect it? Do you find that the second one feels like more of a slog, or are you alright? Depends what the film is. So this week, tonight, so if I've got the time to do it like the moment with the furlough, I'm not working, so I, I, I can just block out three hours on a Thursday to make sure that I watch them and they're both fresh in the memory. Um, it depends what the films are. Like the other week, uh, there was one I can't. When we were doing Dumb and Dumber, I did it and I made sure I watched Dumb and Dumber second to make sure that I actually watched the first film to then sort of give yourself a treat almost like you dessert at a meal <laughs> making sure you eat the vegetables when you're a kid so you, you get a dessert at the end of it um, I, no it was alright this week like, that it's going was first good. like the equivalent of an away goal because if it's tied then you're going to go with the first one um, uh, it does depend on the film like, like this week I watched Step Brothers first because I, I sort of I just knew I was going to I knew I was going to enjoy it which defeats what I just said uh, it is, it, I, this week I just thought Step, Step Brothers is, is an exception that proves the rule because I just love the film that much. I, I just wanted to I wanted to watch it like I, I could have rewatched it at any point over the last three weeks and just be like this is amazing so I just just sort of put it on out of pure excitement do you do you think on a rewatchable scale do you, do you think 21 Jump Street is rewatchable yes and no mm. I won't rush to put it back on like I would with Step Brothers, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate having to sit through it again. I, I don't think it's that long or arduous. But sort of now that I've re-seen it, there's a lot of quotables in it, but there is also a, there are periods where you could probably just in it. It's got a lot more story to it, so sort of the ten minute lulls are a lot more prevalent than they are in Step Brothers. I get what you're saying. I th- there's somewhere. If it's going to be like an action comedy, then I think for rewatchability, I don't like it to have too much action in it. And so, like for me, I really enjoyed Tropic Thunder, but I wouldn't have that down as like rewatchable to the same extent that I would with, say, Harold and Kumar, where I could watch that and then probably a week later I could watch it and it wouldn't feel like any longer. Whereas Tropic Thunder. I would need a gap between that. And I would put this probably somewhere within that type of film between Tropic Thunder and Pineapple Express in terms yeah, of probably, the rewatchability. Yeah, I could probably go with that. Each time we say that, we're essentially looking for an easy watch. Aren't we? <laughs> yeah. So we yeah. don't have to focus on. That is kind of what comedy comedy is. Though. Like you, you, you don't go into it. No, no, no. Like you're you're watching something like deep. It's the it's the perfect thing. That's why you watch it with someone, kind of thing, because it's more of an experience of watching it along with someone else. But yeah, sure. It's also why it's it's also they like there's a there's a category on Netflix and stuff of late night comedy. Yeah, like that that's what you want. Like if I'm putting it on, I don't I don't want to be sat thinking about what what's all the questions that the film poses. I just want to try and enjoy it whilst yeah. whilst you switch whilst you're switching off. Just a couple of easy laughs and then then turn over absolutely if we go on to quotes then as you said um, <clears throat> do you want to kick us off Keenan 
yeah, give me two seconds. Let me just bring my my list up. I was going to say, I do do. There's a lot more that in this than I remember. Hmm. I think I'm going to have to do. I won't be able to put too many clips in this week because I will be taking that while I'll have a film in. No, these. we'll literally <laughs> just put Step Brothers in the whole film. In, please. Yeah, um, you want me? You want me to beat your dick off? You, you want me to beat my dick off? I'll, I'll beat your dick off with both hands. Um, I think, I mean, uh, what, what he means is he's going to punch you repeatedly in and around the genital area. Um, in, in the same scene, uh, Channing Tatum singing "Drop my, Drop My Nuts on Your Motherfucking Forehead." <laughs> I think maybe. The most I laughed was um, for Dave Franco when he says, uh, "You know what they do to a handsome girl like me in prison? It rhymes with grape. It rhymes with grape." Okay, she's like, "I don't want to go to jail. You know what happens to a handsome guy like me in jail? It rhymes with grape. It rhymes with grape." Jonah Hill saying, "If I have to suck somebody's dick, I will, but I I would prefer not to." <laughs> he nails that with the the serious like demeanor that he maintains while saying it. It's just perfect. Stop fucking with Korean Jesus. He ain't got time for your problems. He's got he's, he's got Korean shit to deal with. Well, he's, isn't the scene before that where he says uh, he's white? That means people actually give a shit. And then John Hill's like, "I would just like to say that I would give a shit if he was black." <laughs> yeah. Um. Use some Justin Bieber, Miley Cyrus-looking motherfuckers. Uh, oh look! There was a phase where anyone with medium-length hair and above, people over the age of forty, would say was Justin Bieber hair. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's true. Uh, I'm an angry black cab. It's a stupid stereotype, but sometimes I get angry, so suck a dick. Uh, <laughs> he then goes on to say, "Don't fuck students or teachers." He says. Keep, keep that dirty dick in your pants. Don't fuck no students. <laughs> don't fuck no teachers. And then John Mill says, "Look, I know we've come across <laughs> as, a, as a couple of lady, uh, as a couple of lady killers." And he says, "Clearly, I wasn't talking to you, big tears." <laughs> Ice Cube's delivery in this, like, he's he's probably the equivalent of Derek in Step Brothers. It's just everything he comes out with is just golden. Sorry, lads. You may have gathered. I just had to leave them. But I'm back. That's <laughs> alright. He, he co-wrote this, didn't he, um, Jonah Hill? Yeah. Well, that's quite impressive for it to be his first one that, that he yeah. did. I came um, back as Keenan was talking about Ice Cube. You are spot on. He is unbelievable in this. Even just when he appears, I'm just ready to laugh. Yeah, every, <laughs> every line he just drops. Is so I don't know if you were said about the uh, line where he's saying about like basically don't have sex with the students. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>... Jonah Hill. <laughs> Jonah Hill with that is so good. I know we come up with a couple of lady killers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jonah, you said about the uh, second the dick thing about how he's like he's got that yeah. serious enough face on it where you think he meant that Jonah Hill said that the role it was one of those things that you see sometimes we do a trivia where he says like he had Ice Cube in mind when he was writing the character specifically and you can oh, tell really? because it is like nailed on yeah and he does do yeah. it perfectly just that general um, sort of impatience with him is just perfect yeah He's got he's got a perfect like straight face as well. Yeah. Just as looking completely disgusted with someone. Well, I remember seeing a thing with um, Kevin Hart and Ice Cube, and Kevin Hart was just saying like, "Yeah, it's like, everyone like laughs around me," and then you'll just look at him and he's just got a completely straight face. No matter <laughs> what I say, he just does not laugh. At oh, the scene where Channing Tatum punches the kid and he says, uh, 
you punched me because I'm gay. And he's like, I, I punched him. He turned out to be gay. <laughs> he's actually trying. What a nerd. Look at the nerd. Look at the nerd. Look at him. Look at the nerd. What are you calling the nerd, man? I'm sorry. What? Oh, oh. It would actually be more homophobic if he didn't punch him because he was gay, <laughs> if you think about it. Look, I think I, there's something in that as well. I think yeah. I, I'm going to go with it. I do like after that, they go into, they speak to the principal, and he, his end line is, I want more black gay kid get punched <laughs> in the face from a nervous breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> like, how often does that happen at your school, mate? Um, <laughs> it's not their fault if that's, that's a real issue for you. Um, I also like. Uh, when they take the drugs and they're trying to they're trying to be sick, he's like, "Look, let's t- think about things that'll make you sick." And he says, "Oh, you, your grandmother's vagina, your gra- your grandmother's vagina, and there's a dick going into it." And he's like, "What?" And he's like, "I'm sorry, I've never done this, be- <laughs> never done this before." And he's like, "Right, let's just finger each other's mouths." Uh, and then <laughs> doing, he's like, "What? Are you- this kills me every time. What are you do- What are you doing? Trying to find my G spot? Just stick it in." <laughs> That's from the old blokes there as well. Just there, and at the end of it, after the gagging, which is horrendous, by the way. He's just like, Jonah Hill says to him, I'm so, oh, was it me? And he goes, no, I'm sorry, I just can't sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the quote that's stuck in my head whenever I think of the film is uh, when Jenko is trying to remember his Miranda rights. Look, it obviously starts with, you have the right to remain silent. I know you've heard this before. And, and then um, it, it, I think it sounds something like... Uh, well, the thing... Yeah, you, oh, right. You have the right to remain an attorney. Did you say that you have the right to be an attorney? You do have the right to be an attorney if you want to. Where were you? <clears throat> I was uh, I was chasing my perp, sir. And how did that go for you? He, honestly, he did get away. And he's like, it starts with, you have the right to remain silent. And then he says, you have the, remi- the, the right to remain an attorney. And just Jonah Hill saying... <laughs> You, you do have the right to be an attorney if you want to. <laughs> just find a loophole. When they're tr- when they're when they're on their trip and they hit stage three, like the overconfidence, that whole bit of from him going from fuck you science to the running <laughs> scene, he's like, don't don't throw the baton, and he switches back to Channing Tatum in the music class, and he just launches the drum on the floor and he shouts, "Spike that, <laughs> fuck you, Miles Davis." Um, and he switches back, and he's like, "That is a baton penis." Don't. Don't make a penis with a baton. <laughs> before the party when um, they pick up the bag of cocaine and he's like, we're trying to show them a good time, not ruin their lives. Pound <laughs> <laughs> of marijuana, best party ever. <laughs> they brought around Booyah, which used to be a thing back in the day. I don't know what that is. Booyah, that was like a celebratory thing that was said in about oh, sorry, I thought you meant- 2002. Sorry, yeah. I'm with you. I thought you meant as in like so it's when they're buying all the drink as well. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Sorry, miles away. Um, <laughs> after the party where they're they're sort of tidying up and the mum's got the picture of, of it, the black and white picture, and like, what sort of <laughs> what sort of sick animal draws an ejaculating penis into an eight year old's mouth? It sort of looks like a flying airway, a flying uh, sorry, a flying aeroplane. And she says, "You think I don't know that's a dick and balls? I know all about dick and balls. I partied with Robert Downey Jr. before he got sober when it was fucking really weird." 
<laughs> I bet he was. Yeah. Oh, incredibly. I bet that was a good weekend. <laughs> any more for any more? I think. I don't know if you you guys covered it briefly when I was just briefly on the Johnny Depp little cameo. No, we have, no, we haven't mentioned this now. <laughs> when he's like saying you've blown this whole thing, but the uh, we had to get fucking dicks ourselves, man, and the guy's <laughs> like, oh yeah, we were just messing with you. <laughs> Do you know that's the character he played in Twenty One Jump Street originally? So he's taken over his character. So if you were a yeah, fan of the so- show, and that probably was a massive thing for you to see. I, mean, yeah. I was going to say, I imagine that's a reference that's completely wasted on a large amount of the audience, and yet it's probably a big thing. Because he says, doesn't he, before he gets shot, he was like, oh, we were Jump Street. Yeah. <laughs> um, weirdly, one that I always like whenever I watch this film is when they're getting loaded, when they they go to meet the bikers for the first the first time in the park, and it sort of hypes it up, and they, he goes, Shaka Khan? <laughs> and John Hill just goes, uh, uh, Shaka Khan? And they go, you think they're going to jump into the motor and then they jump on, jump on their little bike. <laughs> I think one that I, I didn't remember at all and I love was right in, at the end of it where he says, we're like in the end of Die Hard right now, only it's our actual life as they walk away with the burning going on alongside them, their arms around each other. Oh, you, you And right before that is when he, yeah. <laughs> he said, when he said, oh my God, he definitely came up my asshole. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I don't think I can't, well it's hard to say no one could have but it's hard to imagine anyone playing that role as well as Rob Riggle doing that because he's, he, he's perfect as being both the, the trustworthy teacher and then that's just a bit kind of well like every PE teacher that anyone's ever met um, but then he's also like the perfect kind of like weasel yeah yeah it. yeah you're a big Brie Larson fan, I'm pretty sure, Keenan. So was that part Correct. of your rewatch? No, it was nice to see. It <laughs> took me a minute to clock, but it was her. I know the face. I know. I definitely know the face here. And then... It took me less than a second. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I remember Wonder Woman now. So I, I, forgot, I forgot completely. Forgot she was in this. In fairness, there um, you go. Any more before we go on to best scene? No, I think that's about it. Go on. Keenan, we'll go back to you again. What is your favourite scene? I think it's from from Rob, Rig- yeah, Rob Riggle's intro, where he meets him and he's, he's talking to him uh, about being late, and then into when the drugs kick in to, to the end of, end of it. I think that's my favourite scene. TK? Yeah, I think that's not a bad shout. I, I do like the... Uh, I know it's quite early in there, but where they do see the bikers and they obviously have the one arrested and they're like basically like dry humping yeah. in and Joan Hill's like shooting a gun and everyone's running away. That, is, that does set the stall out perfectly. The, my favourite part of that scene is actually when Jonah Hill he sizes up the big man and he's like, look, if you don't don't if you don't stop, I will shoot you. Stop, stop. He just he just runs through him. Like yeah, Mar- runs, <laughs> runs through him like Marshall Lynch and just got you pussy. <laughs> I think kind of uh, opposite to your one TK is the final scene when they take down Rob Riggle and they finally read him his Miranda rights together and then have the high five off into the sunset but I think it's just a perfect ending for the film it is a nice ending I've got Mr. Mm. Walter's arrest on the list um, 
also it ends up in this ends up on my list every time it's in a film. I think I might just be might just be stupid, and I'm, and I'm okay with it. But the fight scene at the party with Johnny <laughs> Hill, where he's just like yeah. they're like scrapping like girls, and then challenge it's just sparking people left, <laughs> just laying people out for fun. I like. The whole concept, concept of it is brilliant. When you just step back and you think these are essentially two fully grown men, one <laughs> is actually actively pursuing a woman in this, a girl. Even when he gets taken off the case, he's calling her and she doesn't answer. <laughs> I, I like uh, with that fight scene when it's all over and Jonah Hill celebrating, and you see him kind of maneuver around the party, and you see him bring it up a few times because that's exactly what most people would be like is in front of. A- <laughs> party of people if they just knock someone out you are definitely going to be bragging about it to everyone else there yeah unless you're Channing Tatum who just disappears back upstairs with his mates, <laughs> mates from his science class after sparking like, just knocking like five blokes out of just, just big one handers just dropping, <laughs> dropping bodies everywhere I know um, it is kind of part of the film but I find Dave Franco's character strange because it's like he's playing a cool kid that isn't a cool kid so it's quite strange in how like when I was thinking about recasting I was like I don't really know because there isn't really a a specific kind of stereotype to go off here like we usually have on our scale we have like Michael Sarah and like Justin Long at the one end and then you would have like your Stifler to Nova like you'd have Jim in the middle and he doesn't he's Probably more that middle ground, like Jim, Kevin. Yeah, kind of. but then is that not kind of part of the thing? Obviously, the whole role reversal with Jonah Hill and Shannon Tatum, the idea that one is the nerd, one is the cool kid. It, yeah. I didn't know that was all part of it because Dave Franco's the, the cool kid in that. Conventionally, he would not be that guy, would he? He wouldn't be the drug dealing guy that's getting into fights and stuff. It just wouldn't happen. No. no but so, whether that was all they, part of it. But when they come back into high school, um, they see it, didn't they? Because they go through. He's like, "Those are the goths." Then yeah. Got like the hipsters, and he's like, "I don't know what the fuck they are." Then they walk past, like, then they go past like the K-pop kids, and Joan Joan Hill's like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> so it, it's all part of it because it's kind. Of, they're saying like that it's like Jonah Hill's finally in with the cool kids. Yeah. But so uh, that's why I thought was strange because I thought they could have gone up more like Dave Franco's character in Bad Neighbors than his character here. Yeah, they definitely could have done. But I think it was just, just allows them to do, to put a bit of a change in. And it feeds into, like TK said, it feeds into the role reversal quite nicely, doesn't it? Um, I do, I do like him as an actor, particularly in comedies. I think he's, he's a good, um, like second guy. Like he, he, he's never going to be the Will Ferrell, but he can do the John C. Riley like every day of the week. Sure yeah. made the case he prefers him to James Franco. I won't go that far, but. I said he was more humble. I give him that. I'm sure, I'm sure he is. <laughs> Seems less creepy. <laughs> um, just on a last one for scenes that we like, because I don't want to forget, because it kills me every time. When they're in, when they're shopping and they're buying a pair of trainers, and his mum's mate comes up to him and he's talking to him, <laughs> and he just face he he just hands her off over over a pile of shoes, and they're like, "What the fuck's going on?" He's like, "She just tried to grab my dick." Um, <laughs> Like my hands are getting tired. I just need to grab a handful of that dick. <laughs> well, have, have you ever looked at the trivia on IMDb where some of it is relevant, some of it is like so and so were both in the same film, 
or this happened in this film and it happened to someone else in this film. And one of the bits of trivia is just that this is the exact same scenario that happens to Johnny Depp's character in Donnie Brasco and the excuse he uses for knocking someone out or whatever it is. Yeah, if you can remember that happening, Donnie Brasco, but I thought you it was going to be really onto something. Yeah. Did Johnny, I haven't seen Donnie Brasco in years. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's Johnny Depp and um, Al Pacino. It is Al Pacino, I remember that. I completely forgot it was Johnny Depp and Donnie Brasco. Yeah, you had I me uh, question then, but no, it absolutely yeah. is. No, it is, I'm really sorry. I can't believe it. I'm ashamed of myself, but I forgot that because I absolutely adore that film. You loved it on the ropes. When you said Booyah, I thought, have I missed something here as well? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's just trying to sli- make you slip. He's just making you <laughs> no, question no, yourself. It's, it's not intentional. It's more, it's more of a sign that I'm losing it than <laughs> well, should we go on to oh, actually we got a couple and then we'll do the comparison so best side character here Mr Walters Rob Riggle for me I'll I'll give the, the nod to Ice Cube but whether Oof. whether he's in it I think he's in it enough to count that I I, I've, I've got him written down mate I've got Mr Walters and Ice Cube as mm. my, my two best side characters I would go Ice Cube over Mr. Walters, I think, but it, it is very close. It is. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, argue, I won't argue at all anyway. I, I think I've just got Mr. I've got Mr. Walters written down first on my list, so that might be why I've given it to him. Well, if we if we do the comparison now, then so this is going to determine who goes through, and if we do have an upset on our hands here, which is very much possible, we all enjoy Twenty One Jump Street, so. Mm. If the critics had their way, it would be a whitewash. <laughs> so, first things first, which did you prefer? Did prefer Step Brothers, but as as we've kind of alluded to, um, Twenty One Drum Street did was better than I remembered it being. Yeah. So they're they're a bit unlucky with who they've been drawn against here. Keenan, what about you? Uh, Step Brothers for me. We've got your video on here as well. <laughs> Sorry, apologies. Sorry, I've, I've got to try and charge my phone. It's, it's dying on me. So I added something to the moment. Gave a bit more conviction to what you were saying. It's stepbrothers for me also. So Maybe he was just putting that for when he says what she prefers. He really wants to say it of his chest. So he's getting camera <laughs> off for that bit. Uh, which one was more rewatchable, do you think? And I think, same, yeah, I think we've basically outlined why it's just yeah. a bit more uh, rewatchable, haven't we? Yeah, I've seen Step Brothers more times than I can count. What about you, Keenan? Step Brothers for me, rewatchability. Yeah. Um, most quotable. You <laughs> said there was more for Step uh, 21 Jump Through than you thought. Was it enough to overtake Step Brothers? No, I think, I think we've got to give it to Step Brothers for the fact that we actually had to stop. <laughs> There's, there's some, I think there'll probably be people commenting saying you've missed X, Y, or Z out of Step Brothers. Hey, I'll probably be yeah. the comments of last week of LOL and, oh, I haven't actually seen either of these two films. <laughs> Cheers <laughs> for letting us know that if you're uh, listening today. Incredible if you listened all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> um, which do you think is the best quote across both films? I think for me it is a Dane Cook pay-per-view 20 minutes 
I think I'll go with you know what makes my dick hard helping out my friends. <laughs> Keenan, mine, <clears throat> mine is a little bit longer. Uh, so I, oh fuck it, I'll just do the short version. Fuck you, Brandon. I know you touched my drum set, and I want to hear that dirty <laughs> little mouth admit it. <laughs> <laughs> that leads quite nicely. Um, what what's your favourite moment or scene? Oh, I'll I'll go with the interviews in Step Brothers. I'll go with it. Keenan, um, I think I've gone. I think I might have. I I don't know if I. I'm now disagreeing with my own choice from before. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm looking at it, I'm actually going to choose the Catalina wine mixer. Okay. Okay. Which I know is is not what I chose a moment ago, but I'm now thinking about I'm now thinking about it more, and I don't know if we can miss that out. With um, the Billy Joel tribute band, correct? We only play Eddie's <laughs> Joel. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great quote in itself. I enjoyed that. Uh, I'll go for the car scene in Step Brothers. That's the one for me. Yeah, well, don't mind that. Best side character. I've already made my case clear here. I'm, I'm going with uh, Derek. Oh, that's... I feel like I'm being disrespectful to Ice Cube here. But Derek <laughs> is brilliant. Keenan? See, I think... I would take either... I don't, oh, I don't know. Very hard. Harder than I thought. Um... Oh, I'll give it to Mr. Walters at 21 Jump Street just because I love every line that comes out of his mouth. Antico, are you going for Derek or? I have to, narrowly. Alright. Bigger impact. Jesus, this is the easiest one of the night, isn't it? Yeah. I'll let you say it. Step Brothers. Okay. Originality. I mean, 21 Jump Street mocks <laughs> it, itself it, for not being original. <laughs> Yeah, which is a great, which is a great scene. I enjoy that. When you, yeah. if you don't know, then it does seem quite odd. But I actually like yeah. the whole, the whole conversation from the captain. Um, yeah, I know we'll we'll get on. To, well, shit, we, by the looks of the score, we probably won't ever get onto it. Um, <laughs> this is a paste. <laughs> but, but when it comes to the sequel and they do the same thing, talking about sequels, is fantastic. Who is your MVP across both films? I left this one blank. This is... This is tough. Is it Derek again? Is it Channing Tatum? Is it... You'll let me know. Because it's hard with... Obviously Will Ferrell and John C. Riley because they do obviously need each other. So just having the one as good as you know Will Ferrell is. You do need the two of them in this. So yeah. having one of them as an individual is a tough... Tough sell. Also, a lot of the jokes though in Twenty One Jump Street are kind of one-two punches, so it's not yeah. so much. But a lot uh, of like, it's the same for Step Brothers as well, not like it's a lot uh, of it, yeah, definitely. The best part is the extended, some of the extended dialogue between them. Well, they're both kind of they're both like buddy comedies, aren't they? It's not you're not buying yeah. it on the basis of Jonah Hill's in it or trying to take Yeah, it. for sure. I'm I'm probably going to go Derek again 
but I, I can't really argue with any choice here, so it's really whatever floats any of I your boats. It, I might have to go strangely. So this is going to sound not. I might. I could see. I could go Derek on the basis of a. He's an individual. B. He's, he's actually quite. He's important to. He's probably more important to the film. Uh, is that true? Is he more important than Mr. Walters or Ice Cube is the bad guy? He's been fishing with Mark Cuban. Don't forget that. The Cube. <laughs> well, the drama teacher did fucking cocaine with uh, Woody Nelson's horse. Well, he, was, <laughs> he went fishing with Bobby Flay as well. Super, super chef Bobby Flay. It's I think I might much. have Mr. Walters as most valuable. I can see it. I think I might. I've left this blank because it seems, because it is, they are both buddy films. You can't. You're not giving out a joint MVP. So I was trying to find an individual. Well, I've got to say, kid, and you're the deciding vote here. I'm going to go, Mister Wal- Mister Waters. Hoping for a whitewash there. Huh. Our first one. But there we go. They're on the score sheet. Best soundtrack. I struggled a bit on this one. Step Brothers. I would just about edge it. I'd say. Vampire Weekends in there. You've got a little bit of Billy Joel, um, Ness and Dormer, Boats and Hose, Boats and Hose, Boats and Hose. Yeah, that, that could swing on its own. Gotta have me more Boats and Hose. Is that getting a W? I think that has to. I was going into it thinking Severus would, but Twenty One Dreams wasn't bad either. But I'll, I'll give it a nod. Do you take the ending of 21 Jump Street or Step Brothers? 21 Jump Street. Yeah, I, I think I'm inclined to go with 21 Jump Street on that. This is about as good an ending as you get in a Will Ferrell film, so you've got to give some props there. But I won't argue. I probably would have gone Step Brothers, because I would, I would count the Catalina Wine Mixer as the ending, really. But oh, no, cause you I know, because you you've got the end scene where they... They've got the end scene where annoyingly they set it up for a sequel, almost. Yeah. Where they're having they're having the dinner and they're going through about their life now and their plans. Um, but I mean, you even you said sort of five ten minutes ago the ending to Twenty One Jump Street is as good an ending yeah. as we get out of the films we've chosen. Yeah, agreed. Mark comes nicely full circle. It's chemistry then. This actually is tough. I'll give it to Step Brothers, but yeah. it's very close, I think. Because I, I do think Tatum and Jonah Hill work very well together. You say about people didn't like blokes wouldn't like trying to type Tatum as such. I think the nature of how that relationship works well together is what would sort of endear you to him. I think it would have been like uh, giving Russell Westbrook the MVP over LeBron. If you gave it to 21 Jump Street in this one. I don't know if I'll go that far, but I, I can see what you said. I don't hey, think I mean, the gap is... It's not too far, because that was where he put up the triple-double every game. So it was still a very good performance, just wasn't a problem. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. What would you go for, Keenan? Step Brothers aided... Very much, like very much aided by the film, because I don't think there's, I don't think there's a lot in them in terms of just chemistry between two people, but the fact they're in a 
better film and they get to deliver a little bit more does help. Yeah. Um, I think, so, that is a 10-2 win for Step Brothers, so that is going through to the next round, so that'll be there. We'll say next. So we do have some points of consideration before I uh, let you go. Real star of the film, we've kind of discussed with the side characters in this one, so we can go straight on to um, recasting one role. This is maybe the toughest week for it, I think, because it's hard to swap anyone. I do think Emma Stone could have done a good job in the Brie Larson role. Yeah, and you know you her and Jonah Hill work well. <clears throat> sorry, work well together. If, She's if good they, in Easy A as well, so this was right around the same kind of time. Never seen. I'm sorry, is it that's good that you stepbrothers were around the same time? So no, she would have been older. This was a spider amount of time, so probably was a better bet going with Brie Larson. Going to say, is it good that you've got someone different in there as well, or has it just yeah. become the the Jonah Hill Emma Stone? Sort of couple of that <laughs> show. I thought, and I know that we try and find roles for the people that we feel maybe deserve a few more props here. I think you could have squeezed in Clark Duke as one of uh, Channing Tatum's boys in this film in Twenty One Yes, definitely. Yeah. Although I do like because it's this the guy who's in it is Dax in Project X, right? That's the same guy. It's a great spot if uh, bloody hell. If you're wrong, because I had no clue. I might be wrong. I've not been on great form today, let's be honest. So that is a great shout if you have that. You might have dug yourself out of it. The Project X, let's have a look. I always thought it was the same guy. Um, it is. You're spot on. <laughs> That's yeah. flame. He dropped yeah. bombs on us. Um, I didn't realise that he's in the second one as well. He's not, not done a lot. Just as a No, just that a is thing. a great little... Interview. I mean, to think he's working in a Chinese now is... Remember, we had that as yeah. a Project X trivia. That is Project X, 21 Jump Street, The Watch, 22 Jump Street, and then Another Evil. And he also filmed a little thing on um, JB's YouTube channel. So, Is it that surely that could be an interview shout, by the way? If we can get hold of him, but it looks like he's gone rogue. Yeah, he's got a Twitter. We'll have a look. That's uh, that's an off-pod conversation. Yeah, sorry, but I, I will definitely, the way my, I've not been on form, so I will forget. <laughs> um, so I need to get it out. Um, yeah, Clark Duke, I like in there. Um, we spoke about him, me and you spoke about him the other day, and I cannot remember his name. Do, 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 do. Oh, I don't know what you mean either. You will, do <laughs> when I, you will do when I say it. We talk about the internship. Josh Brenner. Oh, yeah. So if it was, if it weren't for the fact that, no offence to him, it would remove the great joke about, or remove the funniness about Dave, Dave Franco being handsome and getting raped in prison, you could also... <laughs> His nervous style energy and his little sort of hipster vibe would also work as Dave Franco. Yep. I am out. We'll see. It's uh, Harold and Kumar against Step Brothers in the next round. That's, that's a hard one for me. Gloves are off in that one. Where do you go? Your heart or your head? Maybe both. If the cast swapped, which film works best? <laughs> this is a weird one, but I quite like the idea of Joe Will Farrell and John C. Riley in. 21 Jump Street because you know there's all the jokes about Channing Tatum looking like a 40 year old bloke <laughs> there's just something that would make there's something that makes me laugh would make me laugh if Rob Riggle's saying that's a Will Ferrell and he's just got like nah 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 like it would the rest of the film would be ludicrous but I sort of think it would be worth it for those four I, or five jokes I mean just the idea of these kids looking at these guys and having a couple of doubts but thinking alright yeah fair enough they're obviously just looking <laughs> a bit older kids it's just hilarious in itself 
It would be the equivalent of, you know, like the scandals in football with the birth certificates. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that would be more like uh, bench warmers with <laughs> with the fake <laughs> birth certificate and a super <laughs> from prison break. It's just done in crayon and he just gives him a 50 and he's like, yeah, right, let's go. <laughs> that birth certificate um, just says, I am 12, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> If you add Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, does the movie improve? It's a preset answer, usually. <laughs> it is, but I couldn't. I was trying to figure out where I'd want them in Step Brothers. Yeah. Two in an interview each. That's too small. You always try and downplay how good they are. You just got to get them in. Um, part of me, I, do you know what I would, I would like. I would love them to be Derek and Randy. Um, no disrespect to Adam Scott, but I sort of, I'd, I'd, I, no, I should take that back because I don't think Owen Wilson's, no, Owen Wilson's <laughs> not a good enough Derek. He's too nice. Vince Vaughn could, Vince Vaughn would be a phenomenal Randy. <laughs> yeah, he would do that. It's true. And finally, then Rex Ryan Hall of Fame, Leslie Mann Hall of Fame. We put in Seth. Rogan in the Rex Ryan Hall of Fame for his role here yep. in Step Brothers. Leslie Mann Hall of Fame, I do think the teacher from uh, 21 Jump Street is yeah, good for entry here. I think that's an excellent show. Just, she is actually a great character as well. Just before we um, disappear from Rex Ryan, does Johnny Depp, I know he's technically in, does Johnny Depp as Johnny Depp rather than the makeup? I think yeah. that goes in. I thought this last night and yeah. then it's yeah, my I'll, brain. So I'll go with that, yeah. Johnny Depp playing the character the character he was in Twenty One Jump Street for that one scene, is that an entry that we can accept? Yeah. I think we've got two good entries into the Rex Ryan on this one. That's week. as close to a cameo as anything. <laughs> the fact that he is coming in as yeah. a character. I, I, so. I don't know who the poor bloke who had to be is standing for like six weeks or where <laughs> the what however long the scenes with the bikers took him to film. Um, Ellie, Kim, Ellie, Ellie Kemper. Kemper. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets enough. entrance there as well. Yeah. I think that just about does us for the week. As I said, Step Brothers through to the next round to face Harold and Kumar, get the munchies, or go to White Castle. We've got one, two, three, or six rounds and six matchups in the first round left. Next week, Big one, Wedding Crashes from 2005 against Dirty Grandpa from 2016. Dirty Grandpa, get in the gym now because that is David versus Goliath stuff. <laughs> They're going to have to pull off something special. I'm looking forward to the rewatch of both those. So. Agreed. There's that. Can I, I will just say the, this is, Wedding Crashes is the film I've been most excited to do. <laughs> Yeah, well, Sean says he's back next week, so that could be make or break. <laughs> All right, if, if he claimed he didn't like that, I think we'd boot him as soon as the boys came out of his mouth. I meant more for the noises he makes as to whether he gets a boot mid-episode. I've got to be honest, if he tries to come for wedding crashes, he don't want, <laughs> he, he don't want this work. <laughs> he really doesn't. He really don't want it. If it. People will see, if people who listen to the pod will see my enthusiasm... It'll be. It's probably for like the only time in my adult life that it will be at a ten when I get to see <laughs> wedding crashes next week. Can I set you some homework here, Keenan, um, yeah. to work on a Christopher Walken impression for next week? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll give it a go. 
Mm. All right. That just about does us for another episode of Movie Madness. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll be back. Adios. <laughs>